Hello, friends. I'm Eric Nance, and you are listening to episode 34 of the Our Weekly Highlights podcast. Today, we are covering the issue highlights for week 14 of 2021, released on April 5th, 2021. This week's issue was curated by Robert Hickman, with help from the Our Weekly team members and contributors. In the real world, statisticians and data scientists are presented with complicated data sets alongside ambitious questions that rarely fit the simplified scenarios outlined in a basic Introduction to Statistics course. It is quite rare that simply throwing a linear regression model on the data at hand will produce the most robust predictions. Sometimes it takes practical experience to fully appreciate this sage quote from famous statistician George Box. All models are wrong, but some are useful. The process of evaluating even a small set of candidate prediction models can be an arduous task, especially when customized pre-processing of the input data is required and having to define specific model tuning parameters in each configuration. The good news is a brand new package has emerged in the Tidy Models ecosystem to help you efficiently compare and contrast multiple combinations of models and pre-processing techniques for our first highlight today. Max Kuhn, software engineer heading the Tidyverse modeling team at RStudio, has announced the initial release of the new Workflow Sets package on the RStudio Tidyverse blog. Much like the excellent practical explanations authored in previous blog posts from their team, the use of workflow sets is illustrated with a common data scenario of having a large number of predictors with potentially high correlation amongst them using the Takeda data set which measured quantities like percentage of water in meat samples with spectrography technology. The first steps are to define the recipes associated with the desired pre-processing methods to evaluate alongside the specifications for the models to evaluate, all under the consistent tidy philosophy of tidy models. Once defined, each of these components can be combined with the intuitive workflow sets function, all while having the ability to supply customized options for specific routines without having to redefine the entire setup from scratch. Then all it takes is a call to the workflow map function to perform the tuning with optional settings to specify additional settings to tweak the tuning process. Diving into the results really illustrates the tidy data philosophies in action with easy ways to pull the desired fit and to compare results visually or you can even take it to another level by applying a Bayesian meta model on a benchmark result of, say, the root mean square error with the tidy posterior package. In addition to this great blog post, you can see more details on the philosophy of workflows and how they fit in the bigger picture of the tidy models paradigm in the online version of the in progress tidy modeling with our book which will be linked in this episode's show notes. In our last Highlights podcast, we learned about a few handy extension packages in the ggplot2 ecosystem to bring new functionality to standard plots from Cedric Schur's recent presentation. And in our second highlight today, 
we, ha we have another post that shines a spotlight on more ways to create entirely new types of plots or tweak them even further. Isabella Velasquez, data analyst at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, whose comprehensive write-up on pair programming with R and VS Code was featured in episode 26, is back at it with a great post illustrating seven custom ggplot2 visualizations, all coming from additional extensions. I'll do my best to convey the use cases of each of these while in the confines of an audio podcast, but I will describe a few of the plots that could be quite handy when looking at time course of the example data set that she shows in this post of box office revenue among different genres of motion, motion pictures in the theater. The stream plot offered by the GG stream package shows a unique take on a stacked area chart where instead of doing the stacking from the bottom up, the stacking is centered around the middle of the y-axis and the fluctuations mimic a flowing stream, hence the name. Along that thread, if you're interested in seeing how the ranking of a quantitative outcome changes over time, the bump plot provided by the ggbump package can quickly visualize these ranking changes over time where you can easily trace the profiles with connections. Both of these packages have been created by David Schoberg, and these are only two of the great packages he's created related to ggplot2. You will also find great examples of additional plot types, like the waffle chart, which I first came to know from GitHub's visualization of a repository's contribution summary, mosaic charts, and more. It's highly likely that one or more of these packages could play a key role in the 30-day chart challenge that circulated on Twitter this month. And if you are inspired to try your hand at creating an extension package for ggplot2, I will have a link to the extending ggplot2 vignette in this episode's show notes. Wrapping up our highlights for today, throughout the life cycle of this podcast, I've sprinkled in my thoughts on the immense positive impact of the open source philosophy on the R community. I, for one, really appreciate being able to see the source code behind the many packages I depend on, not only to get my work done, but to grow my skill set to become a more proficient developer. But seeing the code on an accessible repository such as GitHub only tells part of a development story. Rarely, at least in my experience, does the execution of an analysis or development of a package go smoothly without errors, and the code we see in a repository is typically the result of solving those errors. Many of us probably have a sense of dread when certain errors appear, but just what are the most common errors seen in the wild of R programming? A new blog post from the consulting firm ThinkR authored by co-founder Vincent Guyader, shares the, their top 10 list of R errors for our last highlight of today. I can say that I have stumbled in each of the errors mentioned here at one point or another in many of my programming sessions, even in one of my recent Shiny Developer Series live streams. Particular errors that resonated with me right away were the result of line breaks in the wrong place such as putting the pipe operator at first in a line, or ending curly brackets of an if statement in a line above the else statement. 
I've spent more than a small set of time figuring those pieces out. I won't spoil the surprising cause of one of the error messages, but one bit of advice you can take away is that paying attention to names of objects can be very important, especially in light of the many functions already available in a default session. But I did take solace in seeing the most common error I encounter in Shiny app development, mainly that I'm trying to do something that is not allowed without being in a reactive context, as that gets me practically every time. This is a great read, and I'll go out on a limb to say that at least a few of these errors will conjure up fond, or perhaps not so fond, memories of your R programming journey. And those are your R Weekly highlights for today. Roberts curated another brilliant issue to kick off the month of April, where you'll see more brilliant resources, such as Garrick Aiden Bowie's recent Sherrigan Sliding in Style presentation, increasing diversity programmatically for social mixer events, and even how to create a 360-degree VR video using Ray Render and Ray Shader. Our humble team at R Weekly is always grateful for the opportunity to share the tremendous innovations, learning tutorials, and so much more in every issue, and it would not be possible without this brilliant community. Ironically, on a personal note, with this episode 34, I personally have now surpassed the number of episodes from my other well-known audio podcast about R, but I do have plans to bring new life into that venture soon. Have a great week, and we'll be back with another batch of R Weekly Highlights next week.